0: everyone to the Denamo Abroad podcast where we talk about anything and everything Denamo Kyiv related. I'm your host Alex Lischik and joining us today as usual from the great state of New York is Eric. How's Mm it going Eric?
1: Hey it's going well looking forward to another podcast kind of glad that the uh international break has come to a close especially with some of those I won't even get into those performances from Zbirna but uh Yeah, excited to get back into uh, the club season, and I'm looking forward to this
0: episode. Very disappointed. You wouldn't want to discuss a 2-2 draw with Kazakhstan. But uh, that, as Dima would say, less of that. And coming from across the pond, it's actually not Dima today. It's uh, a special guest on to discuss Metalist 1925. It's uh, Neil
2: Holloway. Neil, how's it going? uh, Great, thanks, and thanks for inviting me on today. It's really nice to speak to you guys after communicating with you on Twitter for quite a long time so
0: thanks for having me <laughs> yeah, yeah no we're, we're really happy to have you on and uh it's funny because uh, i was talking with uh eric and dima earlier this week i'm like it's crazy like this is dinamo's first game in kharkiv against like an actual kharkiv side in what five years it's going to be a while yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. so it's de- definitely going to be looking forward to this one um before we hit the game against metal on saturday we're just going to go over some quick news it's uh very brief uh Denamo's best signing of all time, Kostevich has joined Ruch alone. Uh so we'll see how that goes for him. It's a decent signing from Ruch, to be fair, but um uh, yeah, don't yeah, I think it's for the best. Uh Kulach was supposed to join on alone, but he had to have an operation on his heart. So we wish him the best of recovery. I don't know if that's gonna affect him playing at all. Um, in the spring or not, and Christian Bilovar has joined Dynamo 2, also known as of Tadesa. Buiowski is the player of the month for August after scoring a couple bangers, and that leads us very really nicely into Saturday's game against Metalist 1925. So, uh, Neil, before we get on to the game, could you tell us a little, a little about how you got in, like into Metalist
2: and Kharkiv football? Well, um, it's quite a long story really i lived in uh, ukraine in the early 2000s first of all from 2000 2003 i was actually based in kiev but and i did have a dynamo season ticket at the same time as well but quite often at weekends i did have to go and work in Kharkiv, and i went to one of their fan forums and i just said look i'm coming down for the game i think it was Vorskla, and um would anyone like to meet up and i met up with quite a few of the ultras and some of the fans from that period in time and just stayed in touch, went down to the games when I could. Been back several times and also they came over and stayed with me when they played Newcastle, they came down and we had, took, took them around London, which was a good time. And I've been back a few times since and I know quite a lot of the 1925 guys. So I'm sort of more of a 1925 fan, although I was the original metalist fan in the first place.
0: No, uh, that sounds amazing. and. Um... Could you talk to us a bit in Because So for those who don't know, Metalist Kharkiv, you know, had Yaroslavsky, kind of became, I think you could argue, one of the big four in Ukrainian football. Ones. Um, and they get sold to Kurchenko. Uh, what was his name? Kurchenko, I think that was his name. Club essentially dissolves, I believe, in
2: 2016. I think it was a little bit before, maybe 2015. Um 1925 were formed in 2016 and i think it was a little bit before that so could
0: you tell us a little bit about um, 1925 because it's not quite the same thing as the original metalist uh, kharkiv so what's the whole deal with 1925
2: well um it was basically a group of not even businessmen some of them are businessmen some of them are just active fans quite a few of them saw action in the war with russia uh, from the ultras and they just decided that they had to do something. They got this stadium, they got the support of Kharkiv, You know, it's a, a real football city. So uh, they just got together. Storazenko was the, who's the leader of 1925 now, put a lot of money in and some other businessmen put a lot of money in, but it was always a cooperative sort of feeling like, you know, that they were the original team that had, your name could be on the shirt, that Karpati have tried to copy this season. Uh, you could sponsor games. Um, you know, you spend pay some money to have your name on the advertising board or your name on the scoreboard, and it was a really nice community initiative. And the sort of the it's closed recently. Uh, there's a lot of strange things going on, uh, but there was a metalist fan cafe co-op cafe, which was a really great place to hang out as well. And you know, it was a really cooperative sort of club, and um, that's sort of a real people's club, which metalist had always advertised itself as and it kind of grew through that and went through the lower leagues um you know the non-league and got up to the first league and then this season got promoted after five years of being in existence so it's been quite a a meteorical rise really even though you know now it's kind of been overshadowed by what you know, doing um with the now the original metalist or metal fc as they were last season
0: yeah, I mean, I remember, I can't remember
2: what, I think it was the year Nipro won went up, but man, that
0: was, I remember, I really thought, I think it was, I want to say it was 2017-18 was the year,
2: no, 2018-19. It um, was 2018-19, I've actually got a poster behind me on the wall and it was the 23rd of March when they played Nipro, and it was that game that yeah. kind of decided Nipro won it in yeah. Kharkiv, I was in Kharkiv that day. And Nipro won the game. That saw Nipro go up, and then Metalist fell apart a little bit and didn't go up that season. So, yeah,
0: because I remember that was really it was was practically a two-horse race going to who was going to get the automatic promotion spot. Yeah, I I, I was not surprised. Okay, Nipro, I maybe had a bigger budget, but I just remember Metalist. It's not that they just didn't get promoted, whatever. They just collapsed after that.
2: I mean, completely. And this was this was just after the winter break, and players had been brought in and players who'd been injured were coming back. So there was a lot of optimism. And I remember seeing Storozhenko at the end of the game and you could see that Dnipro game, he was totally drained. And the press conference, I was at the press conference as well, and there was quite a lot of pessimism just over losing that one game uh, because I think they put so much emotion into it. There was like a fans parade in town, you know, fireworks going off before the game, firecrackers, ultras all over the town, police sort of going on the fan parade to escort the fans into the crowd. And it, uh, it was a real carnival atmosphere. And then they lost, and it wasn't really like they lost badly. You know, there was a player sent off and a couple of controversial decisions in that. So they only lost narrowly. But then after that, there seemed to be almost a depression setting. And yeah. the problem that metalists in 1925 have always had, scoring goals became very scarce. And yeah. that's always been a problem. They've never really kept a goal scorer healthy for long enough <laughs>
0: yeah well yeah i mean it's because i remember like i would see the results and i'm seeing that they're losing to you know i don't remember exactly who's in the relegation fight but losing to for example a team like nick alive who's in 14th place two points off forget relegation off bottom spot they're going they're losing three nil so it's good to have them in the league i think they're definitely a, a positive addition and this is also a team that's been well supported like you said through the city uh is it true that they've? it's true that they've had one of the more higher attendances, not just in the first league, secondly, but in Ukrainian football as a whole, correct?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, Kharkiv, as we've said, has always been a football city when they feel like they can get behind the team. And, you know, maybe because people don't have the same distractions they have in some of the other big cities, you know, there's not a great deal to do there other than get behind the football team. But, you know, they put on a really good show for the Euros when it was in Kharkiv. I mean, I know. A lot of Dutch people loved being there and they did have very good crowds 1925 but then obviously the new metalist has sort of eclipsed them but um, I don't want to sound too bitter <laughs> which is easier said than done but you know they do seem to get better kickoff times and a lot more well, they're, they're a marketing machine but, but it's kind of the cult of Yaroslavsky, you know it's always that picture of him holding the scarf isn't it so you know that's sort of burned into my mind now that mural that he um he i don't know put out kind of at the start of the season and it just seems to be on everything now in hard yeah. so gives
0: eric has that poster in his room of hope holding the scarf I, I actually have a tattoo on my back oh you, oh you got the tattoo okay yeah i <laughs> uh, figure. um so with, so we've talked about this, um, you know, a little bit before the pod that it looks like, you know, Yaroslavsky and uh, Metalist are, you know, they're, they're coming back. I wouldn't say for vengeance, but you know, they're trying to be at the point they were, you know, pre-war. Eric's shaking his head and saying like, not they're just going to be settled with another bronze medal. Um, but what is the future outlook for 1925? Do you think they, I've heard possibility of rebranding. Would they maybe, you know, merge with some other club in Kharkiv? I think there's like a Dynamo Kharkiv somewhere lying around there. Would they stay as 1925? What do you think the future is for 1925 if Methodist does come up as they look like they might next year?
2: Um, I don't think it looks too rosy for 1925. I know that a lot of the, the, a squeeze has been put on some of the journalists who are pro 1925, sort of like, you know, if you're still saying, reporting badly on metal or saying bad things about you or not be allowed in the stadium, things like that have gone on. So there is a, a squeeze on... I mean, the thing is, Yaslavsky doesn't really want to exist, coexist with them, does he? He's never, they could have merged together and he could have got to the top league a lot quicker, but he wants to destroy 1925 and he's got the power, he's got the support. And, you know, when you look on the forums, there is quite... There's becoming increased bad blood between the two clubs. Although at the first it was like, "Well, it's great we've got two teams that are doing well in Harleki." There's always been some friction, and it it, it's, it seems to be going towards the Metalist, Yaroslavsky Metalist way. I mean, obviously he's got a lot more money than these guys have just banded together and done what they could. You know, without experience of running a club before. The rebranding, I heard that a long time ago. The Avanhard which was the original name. I don't particularly like it. I think they came up with 1925. They should be allowed to keep it, although two medalists make it a little bit confusing, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think it looks good for them. I think that they're more likely to go out of the Premier League not on the pitch. I think it's going to be matters off the pitch that all um, do that we'll see what happens long-term to them will be the results of the long in the long term um with other clubs in the area i know they have some links with Vovchansk, who are in the um second league but they don't look very good at all and i can't i can't i mean they're, they're from some village but they're playing in bavaria which is on the nova bavaria which is on the outskirts of harkiv at the moment but i've watched a couple of their games and they they don't really offer much in the way going forward with for 1925, I don't think.
0: Yeah. And, and one last question before we really talk about Metalist uh, 1925 this season and the Dynamo game on Saturday, what's it like amongst the fans? Is it kind of, you know, the whole city just want to, just to support the football club. So they're kind of for both because I've seen the ultras at 1925 games. I've seen some ultras at Metalliste, like Jaroslavsky's Metalist. has, is there a, divide in the city or is it kind of everyone's just supporting football in the city and that's kind of what's become the
2: priority? It's, uh, it depends who you speak to. I mean, um, I'm sure, you know, and I've been on his podcast and it's like, you get a different take on it from whoever you speak to. Um, A lot of the people are happy to have two teams and that they're just glad that, you know, finally Harkiv is back on the football map. are some ultras who joined 1925 and don't want anything to do with uh metalist um and there are others who would just think like well 1925 are a waste of time we may as well just get behind yaroslavsky now because he's got the means to push us forward so it depends who you speak to um my own personal take on it is that i don't think yaroslavsky will be happy until he's destroyed 1925 personally i support 1925 because you know a lot of my friends were involved in that setting up of the club and are still involved in the club where they haven't been squeezed out of the club by other things going on in archives so it's a tough it's a, it's a tough one really i can't say if i ask three different people i'll get three different answers so i don't want to put words into anyone's mouth over there so
0: no i get it. it's it's overall i it sounds like it's overall kind of a very um I don't want to say complex, but it's it's a bit of a touchy subject for some, you know, some people want to just support hockey football. Some want to kind of, I guess, do it the
2: right way. Some it would could, is it fair to say it in that sense? I think so. I mean, I think it's, it, if you know, you've got listeners in the UK, you could probably think of it as if Newcastle went out of business and then suddenly a rich owner came up and started a Newcastle United. And then there was a Newcastle magpies or something like this. And they got to the top league as well. So you know it's people are very proud of their city and they're proud of the football in the city so most people are going to get behind both teams some ultras won't and there are political reasons why some people can get behind one team and not the other team so it's it's i think that's fair assessment really um alex i think that's
0: uh so now we're going to move on to saturday's game and I think it's fair to say Meta and Lisa have had a, or 1925, I should say, have had a fairly respectable start to the season. Would you agree, Neil?
2: Yeah, not bad at all. I mean, they were never going to, I mean, as we were talking before the show started, we, we think that um is going to try and get to third as soon as possible. I don't think that's ever was ever going to happen 1925 budget and resources. So, you know, a couple of wins against Ruch and Czorna it's it's... Not bad, as long as it's three teams worse than them. That's probably what they're looking at, really. And, and they haven't been turned over by anyone. You know, they lost narrowly to Nîpro. I mean, the game against Shakhtar, I think they were quite matched Shakhtar for a lot of the game. So, well, they kept Shakhtar out for a lot of the game. Let's put it like that. So, you know, they could have got a draw from that on another day. So, defensively, they look good. I think. I think they look good defensively. Again. The big problems up front. Um Derek's injured. Panamara's injured. Molison's the only um, striker who's fit, and he's new to the team, so he's got to stop firing soon. And it's not an easy league to come into and start scoring straight away. I don't think, especially you know, if you're not used to the Ukrainian style of football. I don't, uh, and with a team that's not going to be in the top half, really. It, so he's got a hard job.
0: And what do you think of the manager, Krivensov? Because he was, I believe, a youth manager at Shakhtar. I've heard overall okay reviews. What do you make of the job he's done at uh, 1925?
2: I think he's done really well um, with the resources he has um, and the players like playing for him. He's brought in some players who look good. Um, I think Protasov, who's come in for Savin a long time on the... On the right wing, could be a very good player. And there's players like Dimitrenko, Zapadnya who both playing on the left, who look really good. Sidorenko, the goalkeeper, has improved a lot under him, whether that's the goalkeeping coaches he has. Um, so I think with what he's got, he's done a very good job. So I, I would have no complaints about him at all. I also need to
0: mention this, because I believe uh, the 1925 player, Dimitro Kriskiu, Chris, uh, he also scored, I think, for the Ukrainian 21s this weekend, did he not?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there you go. A lot of young players who were coming through and some established players who were playing better than they have and at a higher level than they have before. So the fact that, you know, they're picking up points and not being embarrassed by any of the bigger teams yet? <laughs> let's hope it stays that way. But well, you two probably don't. But you know, let's let's hope that it stays that way. We'll see. Yeah. On, we'll see at the weekend. Though. <laughs> um, so,
0: do you, I I think it's fair to assume that East probably like most UPL sides will
2: adopt more of a defensive style against Dinamo on Saturday. Oh, definitely. I mean, even at Colos against Kolos, it was kind of like hanging on for dear life until Kolos scored and. Um, and they went down 1-0 and Shakhtar as well it was just like let's hope we can hit them on the break at some point point. and as we've said there isn't a fit striker apart from Mollison who's just come into the team so it's really hard to you know I think that 1925 would actually be happy with a narrow defeat really I think anything less than 3-0 is probably a not bad result in this game I think we're probably getting Dinamo at the right time though, if I'm honest. So that's I think a good time to bring in Eric, actually.
0: Uh Eric, so is this the right time to play Denamo?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um I mean, I don't know. I still think that on paper this is a match that Dinamo should be winning. No disrespect to 1925. Um, but um But, yeah, I I would say that this is definitely a good time to be playing Denamo. You know, you've got a Champions League fixture on the horizon just past this one against uh, Benfica, which is going to be a tough match. Obviously, we'll get onto that later. Um, But, obviously, I'm sure that that's still something Luchescu has in the back of his mind when he's going through team selection. Um, And then who's going to be missing? I know Shaparenko is going to be missing from this match, which is a...
0: Bujovski's out.
1: Bujovski's out. Um, I mean, arguably our best two in form and our our two most influential players in this squad. Um, Yeah, and I mean, you know, another thing, too, that's kind of, I don't know if maybe alarming isn't quite the right word, but the thing that's a little bit uh, troublesome is just the same thing, so whatever, alarming, um, is the fact that we don't really have an effective backup for either one of those players. Um, we don't have another creative playmaker to play in the hole behind the striker like Bujadsky. And we also don't have a dynamic box-to-box like Sheparenko, who's good with the ball at his feet, technically gifted, good passer, et cetera. Um, so those are two big losses for our squad. Now, I will, f- you know, flip side of the coin is if there's a team that, if there are a handful of teams that I would want to face with this problem, 1925 would probably be one of them. Again, no disrespect to 1925, but, you know, if we were doing this against, uh, you know, WaxTap or, you know, Nipro Adin, that would spell a little bit of trouble for us right now. Um, So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I still think that this is a match that should be winning on paper. Um, But, you know, with those two exclusions, anything can happen. Um, I hope that we just show up and do a job and, and we can roll right into the Champions League fixture, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it looks like we'll just have to have Xavi and Iniesta, Prime, Andrievsky and Chapelle so, slotted I mean, to the midfield.
1: Cre- credit to them. They did a fantastic job against Shakhtar last season. But I And think Barcelona. For, and Barcelona, yeah. But I think that they're more so suited to, okay, let's disrupt the opposing team's midfield and try and make it hard to play through the midfield, not so much let's create lots of scoring opportunities. I mean, they don't. neither one of them are very dynamic players. Um
0: but
2: I'm hundred (laughs) percent positive
1: about that. Um, but, and this is, this is a stretch. This is really a stretch and maybe not even true, but I was going to say Dima is probably even a little bit more creative than they are, but that's probably taking it too far. If you've seen any of his videos.
0: Yeah. Creative as Soviet apartment blocks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see the, I mean, I think the midfields probably are going to be, chosen for itself with Andreevsky and, and Shepeliev, but, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the squad selection is. you know, as I just mentioned with, you know, champions league fixture on the horizon as well.
0: Uh, Eric, I was just going to do, well, before we go back to Neil a quick, um, preferred last, I, I don't think you could say preferred just a whatever lineup of whoever's left. Would you go Boyko and goal? Uh, Yes. Okay. Right back. Who do you want to write back? Timchik. Timchik. Center back's no real choice. Yeah. Um. Actually, would you consider playing Konzada right back that gives a a rest before the Champions League?
2: Hmm...
1: I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this because like, I'd probably rather have Team Chick at right back because he's better going forward. Whereas I think uh, Kenziora is a little bit better defensively. And well, I well, think look,
0: that's what I'm saying. Play Kenzora at center back and rest the bottom knee.
1: No, because I'd rather rest. Well, I don't know. Because I was thinking rest Kenzora and have him ready for more, more a... defensive minded right back against Benfica. But I don't know. I'm not really big on playing our wing backs or our full backs as central defenders. That's fine. I mean, I mean, he 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 could he could potentially do a yeah. job there, but I'd rather that be an emergency scenario.
0: Um, would you play him at left back? <laughs> Absolutely yes. No cover at left back. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: I would play yeah. him and Kudayev both at left back at the same oh. time. Okay. Perfect. Yes. So no one
0: on left wing. So that take care of the left wing problem. Correct. Um, no. So Mikko, I'm the left back for you. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving into the midfield, uh, I actually think I would just rest Sidorchuk because I think he's most effective with Shaparenko and yep. Um So Xavi and Iniesta at would be the deeper line midfielders. I'm just looking at this team trying to even think who the hell can play. Attacking too because I would rather Lenyev on the right wing. We've talked about this before. We prefer Lenyev on the. He's way just way. like I
1: mean, he's a good play. I think he's a solid squad player. I think he deserves more time, but he's he's not a playmaker, and I think no. he's more effective playing out wide, running yeah. at the defense than he is as like a number ten or even an, an attacking mid. So, but I mean, for this for this match, I'd probably play him there.
0: Actually, would you play Garmash there instead? Just no. Garmash, No, no. no. <laughs> okay. um uh, so that would will put Lednev in the middle. And then I would love the front three to be Vitinho, Tsigankov, and Shkurin.
1: Yeah, Shkurin for sure. Tigankov, um yeah, or even, I guess, cut kind a of vibe at right back or at right winger, I'd be okay with. The left wing's kind of tricky because, I mean, Vitinho just got here. I mean, how, yeah. how much time has he had to be How much time has he had to acclimate to the squad? I mean, hasn't featured in any competitive matches yet. So, I, I mean, I would love to see him out there. I don't know how I feel about throwing him on and giving him a start right away. Um, but maybe coming on
0: as a sub during the match would be kind of cool to see. Yeah. um i think he has to play because i think i want i at least personally want him to play against benfica mm-hmm. uh, even just a half hour so i think i think he needs to play at least a good 20 minutes just to get into the mode of playing and that's why mm-hmm. i'm like even if he plays poorly i wouldn't mind starting him just so he gets kind of get back into playing. because i don't know if he's had to do some kind of quarantine so he may not have played in two or three weeks easily so that's why I right, just right just get him some minutes um it's schooling up front 100 percent no supriaga for you Actually, Garmash up top. Why
1: don't Why don't we do that? Why don't we yeah. try that again? Or Kulach. Cool Actually, or cool you know watch. what?
0: Just for the sake of banter, I would love to see one of these days and Garmash up top. I I would. I might have to email Luchesska. In, in a
1: two-striker formation.
0: Well, yeah. What? What? Why not? For, for oh, the bat We We need We need stuff for the out of context enamel page on Twitter. So why yeah. not do that?
1: That I don't know if I'd be able to make it through that match. <laughs>
0: Um, you I tell you what—that'd be a good drinking game. Every time Supriaga gets knocked over, and every time Garamash falls over, you take a drink.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't make it to halftime.
0: <laughs> no, you'd be—you'd be hammered after twenty minutes. Um, real quick, I just want to bring Neil back in here to uh, some last thoughts on uh, nineteen twenty-five. Um, what is a good season
2: for nineteen twenty-five this year? Um. I think staying up, uh, basically just staying up and, you know, staying up with a few games to last, uh, beating the teams that you'd expect to be in the bottom three or four um, and not getting turned over by anyone too much. I think that's that would be a good season um, just to consolidate in the Premier League and hope that political factors mean that they can carry on in the Premier League next season. Do you you think they can stay up this year? Uh, Looking at the results so far, yes, although the last three have been losses. It is Shakhtar, Voslo and Dnipro, which I wouldn't expect. And I expect nothing from Dynamo, unless they do play Supriah and Haramash up front, and then maybe it'll be like playing Dynamo, Dvar and already beat cherno Moritz so <laughs> I think that Dinamo dwell as well. But mm-hmm. really I'm thinking I, I, I my own prediction is probably 2-0 Dinamo. I think they'll do enough to make it comfortable. But after the draw with Minai, they've really taken it out on teams and they're not going to do that ahead of the game with Benfica because yeah. let's be honest, that's the most important game in the Champions yeah. League, really. Yeah.
0: Helps helps a lot for Zanamo with the Chesko back on the touchline. Um yeah. so- so real quick um what do you, you want to give a match prediction sometimes we do predictions for uh, the game would you have a score prediction for uh Saturday's game
2: I'm got, I'm going to 2-0 Dinamo I'm afraid I'm being pessimistic I'm always quite pessimistic so <laughs>
0: um, Eric uh, do you have a score prediction for the game on uh Saturday
1: yeah I'm gonna say three nil just because I think that we could do better than Waxtap did against because I think they
2: they, they I think they beat 1925 two nil didn't they they did they did yeah. um it was it was 10 men behind the ball for most of the game and then they got one and then they got another So that's yeah, what ju- I thought
0: yeah just don't if you're to not, just do not give away a bloody penalty because Yuri batushin is actually actually in fairness batushin is pretty deadly from the spot.
2: Um Batushin it's, and Holodjuk are both quite good going forward as midfielders go. Yeah. I've, I've, I've maybe overplayed the lack of forwards because there's two midfielders who can get goals. But as your prediction, if you have those midfielders who can break a play, I don't think they're going to get much joy against Dynamo really.
0: And I don't think this is a bad side by any means. I mean, there are some like there are some UPL players in here. Like I completely forgot. You Tkachuk is in this team at centre back. Um
2: I think was at Carpate
0: a couple of years back, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not 100% sure that sounds right. That's... Uh, let me, let's click his profile. I have
0: it right here. Thank you to transfer. Yeah, he was at Carpate. Yeah, He made eight UPL appearances. And he's still a young player. So there's definitely, no, there's... there's definitely some decent
2: players in this side. There's some players, but they're lacking that sort of UPL experience. And honestly, I think... They've got enough to stay up, but they're not going to beat the likes of Shakhtar and Dinamo this season. And yeah. So, And they're not going to try. They're going to try and play for nil-nil and that's yeah. not going to work. So, it, it, It's understandable
0: though, you know, in the circumstances with, you know, the squad and finances and all of that stuff. But, you know, one last quick cool question, actually. I've just thought about what happened to Yaroslav Yampol Cause I remember he was a very
2: nice, good attacking midfielder, but. Injured. He's been very badly injured for a very long time. He, um, Broke his leg sort of just at the start of, the, I can't remember if it was the end of the season or the start of the second part of the season when they gained promotion, but he's been out for a very long time. Him, Derek and Ponemar are all long-term injured. and it, yeah. it, You still see now, he still seems to be on crutches from what I've seen of him on social media as well. Yes. So I think he's had quite a few operations on his legs, so whether yeah. he'll be back and if he is back, if he'll be the same player, as a big problem because he was a great leader for the club as well. So.
0: Yeah, no, He was definitely a good little player when um, when I was seeing him. He was very nice and tidy, good in the attack. Um, definitely will be an interesting one on Saturday. I actually saw on uh, Meta Lease1925's Instagram that over 10,000 tickets have already been sold. So, you know, that could easily go up uh, before the game. So it'll be a nice atmosphere at a, one of my yeah. right,
2: best grounds in Ukraine. And it is good that they've got the top billing that have, Mainly because it's Dynamo. Because even though they're in the Premier League, they seem to get the crappier of the kickoff teams to put in kick-off yeah. times. You know, they always seem to get the Friday early evening one, whereas uh, Metalist Yaroslavsky FC seem to get the prime Sunday lunchtime or Saturday <laughs> game when more people are able to attend. So it's nice yeah. to have the key kickoff time, obviously because it's Dynamo. But and of course, you know, having Dynamo in, come to Kharkiv again will be a massive pull for the locals because. There's no love lost between the two places or so. No, historically. So Yeah, <laughs> we're all getting on very well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so on that note, uh, that brings us to the end of our show. Neil, thank you so much for coming on. Um, if someone would want to get into contact with you, find out some more about Crowd Q Football, how could they do
2: that? Um, probably on Twitter and it's at nfholloway underscore Neil, which isn't a great um, name, but if they follow you, then, I'm sure I'll, I'll, pop, I'll pop up on the feed at some point and in comments oh, and stuff. Absolutely, no, definitely. And um, if you want to follow Eric, uh,
0: he's at Lover 1925 So that's uh, uh, you don't. That's enough. There. Um, no, seriously, Eric. If someone wants to get into contact with you, how can they do that?
1: Just gagged um, <laughs> at, at Limovich. L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H.
0: All right. And if you want to get into contact with me, your host, you can find me on Twitter at Mishik7, that's L-O-I-S-Z-Y-K, then the number seven. And if you want to follow the show, you can find us on Twitter at Denamo Abroad, or you can also send us an email to Denamo Abroad podcast at gmail.com. Well, from everyone here at Denamo Abroad, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Dynamo,